Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. In the past, British singer and songwriter Beth Orton has found distinctive ways to blend her folky acoustic guitar playing with the sounds of the electronic music world. But her latest album, called Weather Alive, comes from a different place, or at least from a different instrument. Namely, a cheap, upright piano that she bought at Camden Market in London. That led her to the atmospheric, often twilight mood of her new record. Beth Orton's here in our studio after a long absence with her band, and she's going to start us off with a song called Friday Night. Well, I've been dreaming of Bruce Starling in my bed 
That is Beth Orton with a live performance of her song Friday Night, a song from her latest album called Weather Alive. Uh, Let me introduce the members of the band, Heather Woods Broderick, back in our studio at various keyboards, Nora Stanley playing the sax and the flute, Stephen Patota on guitar and some backing vocals, Alex Bingham on bass, Ben Sloan is behind our drum kit, and of course Beth singing and playing a keyboard, but not that keyboard. No, sadly we <laughs> couldn't bring it over. Yeah. I wish. I guess I'm, my, I, I, first of all, the, I, I love that this is the origin story of this record. Where did you, what made you buy this old beat up piano? It was just a beautiful sounding piano. It was in the back of a, um, like this very old, um, beaten up where it wasn't even it's just a, a, an office that this guy works from i mean i don't know where but not where what do you call it when you you know build things and put things together anyway one of those and it was there at the back and he's like oh you don't want that that's a grandma piano and i was like i do want that i love that and anyway it's just it just had it all diff- you know it had a lot of resonance going on so when when you started playing it and and it started inspiring these little motifs or whatever when it came time to actually make the record is that the piano that's on the album yeah because i ended up recording the piano from my house yeah from the shed i mean there are moments like in in the song fractals where you listen to the record and you think that's a funky sounding piano Then there are other moments where, you know, it just sounds like a piano, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, I think I'll take that as a compliment. But, <laughs> but, well, I, I, I'm no, talking about the, yeah, the, no, the no, actual, yeah. The but the there is another piano player on it. When you hear it sounding good, that's not me. Like when you hear it like <laughs> sounding all kind of like New Salt, that's a guy called Sam Best. And, and that was because the, we did have time in an actual studio with actual musicians, Tom Skinner on drums and um, Tom Herbert on bass and Sam Best on the old um, Joanna there. Yes. Oh, you've named the piano? No, that's just what you call a piano in England. Really? Joanna. Yeah. I've never heard that. Oh. Seems like I'm constantly teaching everyone these colloquialisms, <laughs> how do you say it? So um, it, it's not just the sound of the piano that's different. I mean, you produce this record. I pretty much, yeah, was pushed into a corner of, of just finally going, okay, if I want this record to be finished, I'm going to have to finish it, yes. So all the kind of atmospheric sonic touches and stuff. Well, I mean, there's a lot of musicians on there who yeah. bring in their atmosphere and their sonic touches, but I think one of the things that I got the chance to experience was to hold the atmosphere that I felt initially was interesting and kind of see, see it through to the end of the record. And, and, and that was a really important part of it. And to kind of, to hold to hold that space was, was something I've never had the chance to do. So yeah, yeah. Well, there, there are some songs where, uh, like the one you just played, Friday Night, where I can kind of imagine what it would have sounded like you in your home studio at this piano, just kind of the bare bones of the song before all the other sounds come on. Mm. Then there are other songs, uh, the title track, unwritten at the end, where the, the song form seems more elastic or even elusive, and, mm. and it's hard to imagine what the 
what the seed of, of some of those songs was. I mean, the was. seed of Unwritten is pretty precise. I mean, yeah, the chords were moving. And actually, the, the MIDI part that, that I ended up building the song is very amorphous and, very, and, and has no particular tethering. What I did do was I sent the piano part, which was pretty specific, and this MIDI part to Tom Skinner, and he added a, a drum pattern to it, which was very beautiful. And then when we went in the studio, we recorded to the MIDI and the drum pattern, so we had that movement and we had that kind of tethering at the same time. But but yeah, no, I I I mean, yes, there there is a sense that it could kind of fall apart in places, but it's it's. It's pretty secure. Yeah. I, I guess I wasn't thinking of things falling apart as much as sort of building as they go, you know, th- that uh, yeah. a, a process of a tale that grows in the telling. For sure. I mean, there's definitely um, a song like Weather Alive, you know, I started off right, writing that and then building, like putting MIDI in and using my own kind of way of building up a band. Um, and then I went in the studio with Tom and Tom and Sam and suddenly it, it took a whole new, it became bolder and I didn't quite like how bold it became. So I took it home and I took everything out again. Oh. Gradually, and this, I guess, is what I had the part that the fun of was to just kind of sculpt that and bring it in and take all the, take what I didn't like out and just kind of bit by bit add what I loved. And then, and then I started to work remotely with Shazada Smiley, from New York, Brooklyn. from here. Yeah. yeah. And that was when things really, as well, started to take another turn and, and grew. And then, um, Gray McMurray, of course, who who another adds, New Yorker. Yeah, and then and then at home in my shed because we were in lockdown, I was working with a brilliant young woman called Francine Perry, and she and I were um, engineering together, and she was helping me with a kind of more complex editing. Mm. But yeah, it was it was. I think, I think my my real role in that was was to sculpt. Yeah. Uh, since you mentioned Tom Skinner several times, I, sh- I should just mention for folks who are trying to place the name, drummer from the band Sons of Kemet, who've been here. He's got his own mm. brand new album out as well, Voice of Bashara. Yeah. Um, on your Bandcamp page, you acknowledge, th- for this record, you acknowledge that y- you are known as a collaborator, you're very good at it, but you say that here with this album, I got to collaborate with myself. Well, I know that's a bit of a funny one. I mean, you know, you you have to kind of like pull a few things together when you're like, oh, I've made a record. Now I have to say stuff about it. And I was just like, well, I guess that. But I think there was, that's not to kind of disregard anyone I've worked with before because I've worked with so many amazing people. But I do think that there was something in this process of finally when, when the chips were down and I was on my own and I had to make these choices 
yeah, it was ride or die on my shoulders a little bit. And I think there was a certain sort of collaboration that went on between me and myself and I. And I just sort of was like, I think it was really, really fascinating to see what I had learned over the years and, and what I was capable of. Though I wasn't, I don't think it was an ego move. I don't think I was trying to like, oh, I'm going to prove something. It just, that's what I, ha- I had to do. I had this sense I really needed to finish this record. And so that's what I meant in the way of collaborating with myself. Yeah. So Beth, the songwriter, and Beth, the producer, playing nicely together. We'll, <laughs> well it, it, we've seen. It turned out the, the record is, is really remarkable. It's called Weather Alive. And I'm, I'm so glad you're going to do Fractals next because, you know, listening to the record, there's something on it that sounds almost like a, a balafon, you know, the West African. That's Shazad. That's Shazad. That'll be Shazad. Okay. And this is one that's a really lovely example of, like, what the band brought. Like, you know, this is, this is live in the room. You're hearing, like, the first take, basically, of the drums and bass. Okay. Well, let's, let's hear what happens with this live version of the song Fractals. It's a performance by Beth Orton and her band.
Once again, Beth Orton and her band live in the studio. The song is Fractals. The uh, album version is on the, the record Weather Alive. Has that balafone sound, also a kind of a duduk, you know, Armenian mm-hmm. reed thing. Mm-hmm. And now that gets transferred to guitar, guitar and, and saxophone. So, so there's some reorchestration that has to happen to play these things live. I mean, you know, they, they're, they're, yeah. yeah, we have to figure stuff out, but I think... I think it sounds pretty reckless. It sounds pretty pretty good. Yeah. Is this the first tour that you've done without a guitar? Uh, I do do a couple of guitar songs, but yeah, this is the first tour that's built around a keyboard for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as as a guitarist, did you ever write in alternate tunings? Did you write? Yeah. Some? Yeah. So uh, I mean, many guitarists who've done that say that the reason they do it is because there's that sense of discovery when you're not quite sure what sure. you're going yeah. So when you sat down at that piano, is that yeah. what happened for you? Oh, definitely, yeah. It's, you know, beginner's mind and all that. You know, it's just, just like, it's like I'm not a, a great analyst of music, so I, I wouldn't know exactly the words for what it is that's happening, but I've been um, just feeling my way through, and this feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's seven records in 26 years, so you haven't been flooding the marketplace uh, you know, um, yeah. so each record seems like it's a, a very considered thing when it when it comes out. It, yeah, it, is that the is that the case? I don't know. I think that there's gestation. I mean, I've had kids, and that that right. has taken up a lot of time. But and then I think with the first record and the second, there was just like so much of this promotion stuff you do, and then you're like, ah, and it, they both went really well, I suppose. And then the third one went, and then you know, and then yeah, and then boom, just just when I've I think like around the time of Comfort Strangers, I was getting into my stride as a songwriter and then I got prego and then and then I had kids and, you know, one thing leads to another. And um, and here That's I am. That's usually how kids happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, you know, um, yeah. Well, the album title, Weather Alive, mm. in 2022, when you put weather in a title... It leads people to think that you're, you know, oh, here's another album about climate change. But it's... Well, even if it was, that would be relevant. But yes, I think think it's more about internal weather, definitely. Um, And the record is is quite an internal... It started from a very internal place. And, um, And it grew. And then, but yes, since then, of course, you know, once like magical over there he you know he never realized magical like i never realized weather all i mean you know it's like weather alive it's just it it's um you know you, it's that that prophetic nature of writing you 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 write something and then you only really sort of think about it later like oh my goodness i guess that's also true like we are living in a time where the weather is very much alive and and pretty in our faces right what's yeah. going on yeah yeah well, and and as you say, you know, it's it's one of the great things about art is that it can it accommodate so many different layers of meaning. Yes. Both the ones the artist intended, mm-hmm. and the ones that just kind of Evolved. happen. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, we reach the point now where you need to call your next tune. What do you want to play? <laughs> well, I was thinking it would be good to do "Arms Around a Memory" just because, like, you know. You could put the single on, can you? <laughs> Forever young, if you want. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's. Uh, it's Beth Orton and the band here in our studio. Arms around the memory is another track from the album Weather Alive. Here's a live performance.
Arms Around Memory, live performance from Beth Orton and the band, a song from her album called Weather Alive. And Beth, it just strikes me that there are some songs on this record that you probably wouldn't have written 20 or, or 30 years ago, that, you know, it's not just the, the, the sound that changes, it's the songwriter who mm-hmm. changes over time. I mean, do you, do you get that f- feeling like, you know, there's there's something different in the actual songs themselves and the lyrical content these days? I mean, I think that, like, um, I don't know. I mean, you absolutely, um, there's always so much that changes in a person's life, you know. And, um, I mean, yeah, how could it not, I guess? Yeah. How could it not? I mean, there was a, a line on the last record, Kid Sticks, about, you know, looking at the phone book, seeing the, the names of dead friends, wondering who would answer if you called those numbers. And that, that just like, you know, that know, just kind of hit me. That was a bit of a brutal line. I did think about leaving that out. <laughs> I spent quite a long time. But it was true. I kept scrolling, oh, dead, dead, oh, dead. And I was just like, I'm not going to delete these names. I can't delete the names of them. But, uh, you know, it's, it's true. It's, it's, you know, you lose a lot of people. And, and then, you know, it becomes increasingly... Um, just yeah well i'm you know you you end up sort of living for a lot of people yeah. as well but and then on this record uh somewhat more you know somewhat less direct more uh poetic a line the, the line in the last uh song about being unwritten i don't know what that means but i feel it you know it's mm. it's such an evocative line mm. and it does not sound like something that you know no, I would not have had that experience had I not lived it, for yeah. sure. Uh, well, I am so glad that uh, that Weather Alive is out there and that you and the band are playing these songs alive. Yeah. Uh, Beth, thank you so much. for. It's great Thanks. to see you again. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks. the single Forever Young from Beth Orton. Wrapping up this episode of the Soundcheck podcast, our technical director is Irene Trudell. She had engineering help today from George Wellington. Our producer is Karen Havlick. I'm John Schaefer, and you can actually still find Beth Orton's last visit to our studio some eight years ago or so with Sam Amidon and Thomas Bartlett helping out. That's on our website as well at newsounds.org.